0: The past, it used to be a newspaper. The Buff Podcast. Not outclassed. One's not mass. Get it on Monster and we're going to the end of the game.
1: The Buff
0: Podcast. Hello!
1: Welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the chief football writer of the Bolton News. It's only four shows till Christmas. And behind the window in your wanderer's advent calendar this week, it's a gas, gas, gas we dive two-footed into Joey Barton and Bristol Rovers. All wrapped up, we condense a whole week's worth of headlines into one teeny tiny podcast. And let's sack it. A bumper email special featuring Kieran Sadlier, pre-match music and disco trains. But first, Daniel Sturridge has got this to say.
2: Mbappé, 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 oh. Gilly, 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 gilly. Mbappé, 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 oh. Kili, 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 kili. He was gone, cool, he was gone, cool, yes. He was gone, cool, he was gone, cool, ooh, ooh, He was gone, cool, he was gone, cool, yes. That's my real kili, 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 kili.
1: No, we don't know either, but more from Studge later on. And before we start the regular podcast, a call to arms on Monday, December the 12th. Join the Buff at the Big Bolton Christmas Carol Concert and help set a world record for the largest collection of carol singers. Yes, we'll be decking our halls and be jingling our bells along with Ian Everett, the whole Bolton Wanderers squad, and some very special guests. Between 7pm and 8pm, that's December the 12th. Doors to the stadium open at 5.30. I'm told there's going to be some sign-in sessions with the players. Tickets are absolutely free but you have to register with the club so they can get an idea on numbers. You go to the Old Moundra's official website to do that or have a look in the podcast notes. I'm going to include the link on there as well. Really, really great night ahead. I'm going to be raising lots of money for six local charities. If have not watched Sharon Britton's video on the official website, Give it a watch. You cannot help but want to help out with that one. Monday, December 12th, the biggest carol concert anyone in the world ever did see. Let's go and break a record. Well, normally I come up with some novel way to introduce my co-host for this podcast. But this week, our pod maestro Simon Woods has done it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Henry Hewitt.
3: Hey! Hey, Henry, you've got your own jingle, mate. I know. That's uh, well. Thank you, Simon. That's uh, I really appreciate that. If anyone sees me in the uh, north stand lower on um, on Friday, I'd like them to uh, uh, introduce themselves and then introduce me like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> introduce themselves in jingle format. That could get quite interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a weird all week. I'm glad you reminded us this football on Friday because I I seem to have lived in a footballless bubble other other i mean other than world cup i don't think that counts it's not the same but it's it's been weird it's been a weird weird week and a bit
3: you know isn't it like um i i think i'm actually quite uh i don't know i think i'm, I'm quite thankful that uh bolton haven't been playing actually because i think uh, with england playing so many games it could get all lost and uh, I, like i'll be honest the fa cup second round I, I don't know what happened there because i was too busy watching the World Cup. So, uh, no, I think now the group stages are ending. I've, I think I'm, I'm ready to commit to Bolton again. And, uh, and yeah,
1: Friday night, Joey Barton's Bristol Rovers. I'm looking forward to it. Do you think attendances have been affected by the fact there's World Cup football gone? I mean, I've, got to, I've got to think that nobody was watching second-round FA Cup football on the telly the other day.
3: Yeah, I, thought, I, I did feel sorry, actually, for non-football supporting... Uh, people of this country, when they had to go from the World Cup on ITV to uh, whatever it was, Forest Green, the Alve Church on, <laughs> uh, on BBC. I mean, that is, you know, we do, there is a question of whether football it is overkill. And I think that, that definitely put it in the yes category. But um, well, I don't, I don't know, to be honest. It, it's some people, and I've seen on social media a lot of people saying, well, I, I would rather Bolton score a goal against Bristol Rovers than England win a World Cup. So I think for some people it might be a bit of light relief watching some, um, you know, some FA Cup football. But for others, uh, yeah, I guess if, you know, if you're church, for example, and wanting to promote yourselves on on a national uh, TV channel, I, I don't suppose many people are watching.
1: I mean, put it this way: I mean, I don't like dating the podcast this early indoors, but this is Friday. We we, we put the podcast out on Friday. Bolton Wanderers are playing on Friday, so by the time people are listening to this. The game may well have gone anyway, but Cameroon are playing against Brazil, Serbia are playing against Switzerland at 7 o'clock, and Bolton is due to kick off at 7.45. So, do you think that will affect the attendance at the Uniball? Um, All those those Serbia-slash-Bolton fans that we've got? Yeah, no, I I don't think...
3: No, I don't think it will. I mean, maybe the walk-ups, maybe the people... But then again, you know, there's no Premier League, is there? So, maybe there'll be more walk-ups, because... Fans of other clubs will go on, so I, I want to go out and watch some football, so it'd be interesting to see I think we guaranteed well season tickets guaranteed like seventeen thousand are we so it'd be yeah it'd be interesting to see if we we get much more than that I'm not sure it's seventeen thousand
1: is it I think it's thirteen thousand season tickets, but
3: usually All right.
1: i mean they've averaged they've averaged just under eighteen thousand this this season, and for a Friday night game. I would I would say I'm going to guess. Here's my guess, my my prediction. It's not prediction time. But here's my prediction. I'm going to go 16,000 for the Bristol Rovers game. How about you?
3: Uh yeah, I think that, well that'll be competitive. I think Bristol Rovers will bring probably I don't know 500, 600. So uh yeah, no and you know, I know uh be an argument then for um i mean i wouldn't like to see it but i remember last year we played crew didn't we when it was meant to be the work the rugby world cup on a that's right on a yeah. friday night yeah so uh, and that was a bit I, I felt the atmosphere weren't quite there for that so it'd be interesting to see how it is on friday but yeah i, I don't mind playing friday night. this is why i'm kind of looking forward to us getting promoted to the championship because i do i do enjoy a friday night game
1: Wrexham always used to play on a Friday. So did Tranmere. I think C- certain clubs. I think when they've got close proximity to other big clubs, obviously Tranmere with Liverpool, Everton, and I'd imagine Wrexham in the same category there. That's why they've always traditionally played on a, a non-match day to try and get different walk-ups. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd like that as a, a regular thing for Bolton, though. Saturday Saturday is too sacrosanct for me.
3: Yeah, just the uh, a few. I don't know, four or five times a season. That yeah. would uh, that'd be nice. but. Um, you know, and, and the longer ways, I know maybe that's not good for people who, who would go and they'd have to book a day off work, but um, but then again, if they are happy booking a day off work, I'm sure some would love a longer way day in Plymouth and then to stay down in Plymouth overnight, maybe.
1: Just typical of the I follow generation that is, Henry. <laughs> you and your, yeah. you and your digital scribes. Uh, right. I, I mean, we won't linger on the World Cup too much, but it has been quite kind for our our wanderers brethren, Tim Ream and Anthony Robertson, getting through, of course, of the uh, USA. Very pleased to see England against Senegal in the second round, because that means that Duffy inevitably will come out with something. There's no way he's going to be able to zip his lips between now mm. and when England plays Senegal.
3: Yeah, and he'll be in the crowd and uh, Bolton will get a mention with that. Uh, well, say in the crowd. He's not going to be in the crowd. He's going to be sat with the likes of Cafu. And,
1: you never know you uh, Jufy. He could do anything.
3: That's true. But, uh, yeah, it's always nice to, to catch Jufy, um, you know, whether it be on, on yeah, TV or, or Fogden's Instagram. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, no, I mean, he's a legend, isn't he? It's funny how the, I think we must be the only club uh, in the country that actually loves him, you know, as much as we do. But, but he would he would love it, wouldn't he? After all the stick he got when he played in England, he would absolutely love if Senegal beat us.
1: I think if you looked at the heat map of love for El Adjuf, there'd be it'd be Bolton. I think he might get a bit in Rangers. I don't think he was terribly uh, uh, sort of bad at, at Rangers or, or the fans didn't hate him at Rangers. Um, and then it would be Senegal, and that'd be it. And there'd be like three patches in the entire world, <laughs> actually. Fans. Yeah, and it'd go into negative heat in on Merseyside obviously, because he's absolutely low there.
3: Yeah, which is funny, really, because he's uh, there's a lot of there's a kind of a link between Bolton and Rangers have there? been. There's a few yeah. crossover fans, and yet Liverpool and Celtic have that, and he, he proved, yeah, he would be hated <laughs> in Celtic. So uh, yeah.
1: Uh, right, okay, well we've not had much to, well, there's not been too much happening this week, but um, I did manage to, uh, I, I tell you, uh, before before I forget, before I forget, did you know, did you know that Jack Grealish played on the same team as Josh Feller?
3: I didn't know what team was that for.
1: Not County, <laughs> I had no wow. idea what's up, I was watching one of those vignettes on Jack Grealish um, playing against, playing for Notts County on loan from Villa and like, he must have been really young because he's yeah. he got his hair sorted his, his cars were still normal size okay. and then I saw this lad jogging back I'm like that looked like Vell's, so I had to rewind it I'm like it's Vela I and I, I remember that year that he went out on loan to Notts County when he was a real kid I can't remember whether it's Coyle Coilow or whether it was uh, Dougie Freeman that loaned him out but yeah they were on the same team incredible they, look like, they feel like different era players already we do,
3: yeah. Um, yeah, God, I mean, imagine. I, I would love it if secretly down the line that Josh Beller and Jack Grealish actually keep in touch. Do you know they really got on? They keep in touch. And uh, Josh Beller's like, Jack Grealish, when we win the World Cup, Jack Grealish will be FaceTiming Josh Bella from the pitch.
1: A proper meeting of minds, those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the other thing that uh, that I was going to, going to mention was my uh, my Ian Everett goal scorer quiz, which seems to have uh, have taken off pretty nicely. I think quite a few people have been playing it. Have you had Have you had a go? I have. Yeah, I think I got. Uh, well, how many is it out of again? Well, there was ni- 199 goals in total, and I think there were 34 different goal scorers. Right, I think I
3: got about. I think I got 30 or 29. I can't. It was around that. I didn't. God, some of the names that I uh, I missed out. That that new that win against Newcastle under twenty ones yeah. did me. That yeah. really did me.
1: Well, I'll I'll say this. I'm not going to give away the answers because a few people have done that on Twitter, and I was getting emails like every five seconds yesterday from people asking me to tell people to stop putting the answers up on Twitter. Um, there is one when you when you host one of these quizzes, you get to see the breakdown of who's guessed what right and the top ones. The, the obvious ones have got something like 94, 95% of people getting them right. Down the bottom, there is one guy on 10%. One mm-hmm. solitary player who nobody seems to be getting at all. So I, if you haven't tried it, try it out. It's on Sporkle. Um, I've, I've put out a couple of links. I might even try and put it in the link to this podcast, actually. But uh, it's well worth having a go because it's it's, it'll, it'll kill 10 minutes for you anyway. Um, have, you had your, have you had your Spotify wrapped thing yet, Henry? Have you, have you got the buff on it? Um, well, I listen to us on Apple Podcasts, so uh,
3: oh. I got I, I have got a Spotify account, um, and uh, I got an email off them going, "You Spotify raps, I thought, brilliant, I'll go on it, and it went, you have not actually listened to enough to get a Spotify rap, <laughs> but next year, uh, so
1: yeah, I, uh, I the, the buff would be on it, of course it would. I, unfortunately, have listened to just over a month of podcasts and music in 2022. Wow. Which is incredible to think you've taken a whole month out of your life to be listening to old episodes of my dad wrote a porno and stuff. It's <laughs> uh, it, it yeah, it's, it's it's a criminal waste of time to be truthful. And it turns out that I'm among the top 0.1% of Cranberry's fans. Uh, on the planet and you know I love the Cranberries they're great but I wouldn't have said they were my favorite band in any way shape or form it just so happens that I seem to all be always be listening to them so hey if you've got a picture of uh, the buff on your Spotify wrapped do uh do drop it on my Twitter I'd like to see that one um but anyway right shall we move on because don't forget Henry this is a podcast of news it's not just jingles and and segments is it I mean, I mean all right yes it's mostly jingles and segments but there is there is some news in it, so Henry, bring me bring me my rations.
0: News.
3: Well, I don't think you'd be spending a month of your year listening to the buff with uh, quiet weeks like this, but you have managed to get some headlines, so credit to you, Mark. Uh, the first one is of Bradley and Owen Beck. They set to stay. There were rumours came out that uh, Liverpool might ask Bradley to come back and then yep. loan him out to a championship team. That's not going to happen. And I believe that Liverpool are actually coming down to the club to, to catch up with them.
1: Yeah, we spoke to Ian Everett, well, yesterday as I'm sat here. We spoke to him on Wednesday and I put the question to him, have you had the official OK from Liverpool? And he kind of gave a half smirk. I, I don't think that's actually happened. I don't think they are actually going to turn around and say to them, yes, definitely, there's absolutely no chance whatsoever he'll come back. But all they can do, and apparently their loan manager is going to be uh, visiting Lostock today, is say, yes, we're really happy with everything that's going on. And that's probably going to happen today. Um, 99% certain going to happen today. Certainly, having spoken to Codder Bradley, he wants to stay. There's no question. I, I think we mentioned on a previous podcast that he won't have the final say on that. But um, there are there are two or three clubs who are interested. If Liverpool were going to bring him back, I think if Bolton have hit a real skids in in October, November, and may, or you know Connor Bradley maybe dropped out the team, Liverpool would have looked and, and pulled him back. But thankfully, all looks to be going well. And also, Owen Beck, I thought he had a good game against Fleetwood. I think he's got something about him
3: yeah he um it was nice to see him we've not really seen him have we and uh he yeah he did all right he did uh you know he's up and down that wing he made himself um you know he he put himself about a a little bit and i can see sort of beck on one side and bradley on the other kind of doing this a a similar thing but um yeah i thought it was it was good to see because i I, in the the sort of small cameo appearances we've seen him so far I, i think he's he's struggled you know, to get going. So it'd be interesting to see if he comes in against Bristol Rovers.
1: I think he was, he struggled against Tranmere, definitely when we saw him first off in the Papa John's, it was a difficult game for him, but he's not, I don't think he's quite got the dynamism so far as, 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 as Connor Bradley has got that maybe comes with a bit more experience and don 't forget Connor Bradley's played in the Champions League although he 's not played too much Premier League football he has had a he's been in and around that that Liverpool first team Owen is slightly behind that um but technically, looking at the way that he's receiving the ball the way that he's playing the ball I, there's definitely something there you can see you can see why Bolton have brought him in um or or that they rate him to be able to play football in this system. Of course the off product of that is that Declan John and to an extent Jack Iredale get get pushed aside Declan John particularly um I mean we've 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 forecast it before but do you, do you think the writing's on the wall there for Declan? Um I, I think it is I know he played against
3: Barrow and he he did quite well and a few people have, have kind of pointed out that and said that you know he can still do a job and I but I believe he can do a job I think he's a good player for this level. But I, for whatever reason, he's you know I, I think the way that we're doing things this season, where there's only a handful of players that are going to play every week and the rest are going to be rotated, I think there was inevitably going to be a few players that were not unhappy with that. You know, Declan John played the majority of last year. He was in and out, but he played the majority of last year. And he's obviously thought, well, I don't want to be doing that again. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I'd be very surprised if he uh if he did stick around um i mean what about you have you have you is the writing on the wall for you or do you think there is a chance he can come back in
1: well, i did wonder certainly with the, the barrow performance i thought he was good against barrow and i thought he showed a decent attitude there um he will he won't be a, completely oblivious to the fact that there's been speculation um I'm, I'm led to believe all the stuff about Wrexham that that happened at the end of uh, the last transfer window was rubbish. There was definitely no interest there. But you know, he'll want to be playing every week. He's he's good enough to be playing every week at this level, um, in in some way, shape, or form. I think Declan John would probably argue that his his CV would say he could play regularly at a higher level. And whether or not his skill set actually does suit a higher level, that's that's a a fair fair debate. I think. Um, defensively has always been the issue we've had with Declan. Great going forward, but occasionally I think teams targeted him, certainly some of the more physical teams targeted him, um, away from home and, and such like. So I think if he's not happy with the rotation, that's the key. If he is happy with the rotation, he's a great person to have around I think he's, a, he's certainly a, a person that you'd throw on against a team that you're trying to attack and, and like Barrow for example where you know you're going to get some space to to, to play football and, and get forward on the left hand side because um, he technically is a very very good player
3: Yeah I would agree with that um, but uh, right moving on to the next story and this this came out yesterday as we talk on Thursday so it's about Sam Hurd I know oh, he was he jumped to the, uh, the top of the bookies odds for yeah the York City job um, but uh, he's he's staying the club put some out yesterday and so did you so uh, I mean how far down the line did this get
1: well I'll ask you one question first and that's how many pounds do you think needed to be placed on Sam Hurd for him to leap to the top of the next York City managers betting odds Uh, 20p Exactly, uh, I, even even in writing the story, which I appreciate, I'm complicit with this <laughs> with this storyline. Um, even when I was writing, I was thinking, do you know what? I mean, this could have been fi- some guy just trying to waste a fiver, really. Um, but it turns out, it turns out that there was something in it because, very unusually, I would have said, ha- we asked the question of Ian ever, um, ever one, ever want to be open and honest. Uh, he just said, "Yeah." Uh, York City asked him, and he said, "No." Um, normally, these things, you know, they they kind of handled with like club statements or like sort of, but but he never was particularly open about it. Um, he said he's delighted he got he got approached. It obviously, means he's doing something right, um, and I think that is that is fair as well. I think a lot of the players have got good words to say about the way that Sam heard coaches, and I do wonder as well. You know, in the past, we've seen Barrow, we've seen Doncaster, all sniffing around Sam Hurd. I, I, when this York City thing came up, I thought, you know what? I wonder whether this is coming from Sam's side, whether or not he has got aspirations to manage rather than be a coach. This tells, this tells me that he's just really good, and that mm-hmm. his, his reputation is such that people are coming and sniffing him out. So that is a good thing for Bolton Wanderers. If you've got a coach that people rate highly. Then you're doing a you're doing something right, but B you've, it's another asset, and we've said that about people like you know Chris Markham for example, um, Ian himself. There are they're, they're coveted elsewhere.
3: Yeah, they are, and I think it also it's the way you play football. Yeah, as well. You know, I think the um, York have obviously identified Bolton as a team that they they like and uh, and want to play similar to us, and um, and then I thought, well, how do we do that? But yeah, it's good that he's staying. It shows that he's, um, you know, everyone's on board. And uh, like, I know this is a few times now that he's sort of been linked elsewhere, so no doubt that eventually he will go. But it is good that these these guys are, are wanting to stay and uh, and be part of this journey for Bolton. So um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll await and see who, who York City approach next. But um, well, I'm I not mean, right. be... bothered to be
1: honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, neither am I. I just <laughs> said that.
3: As I said that, I thought actually I don't care. Um, right, let's move on to something we do care about, and this is a bit of a sad story actually. Carl Dempsey's out for four weeks and uh, through an injury that he got against Barrow, and it's it's another example of uh, with Carl Dempsey but it's just it's not quite he's not getting a role, is he? He's he's, he, he's in and out, and it's just frustrating for him.
1: It really is, and I would have said up to that red card at Cambridge, he was starting to show what he was about he's a player I, I think whenever I've come across Kyle Dempsey as an oppo, opposition player i thought oh do you know what? he's the kind of guy I'd like to have in my team and when Bolton signed him I was I was thinking yes this this is a really good addition and they had to pay, pay money for him they, they had to wait for quite a while for it to get sorted but yes when they got him I was quite excited about it and unfortunately through very little fault of, of Kyle Dempsey since then there's just been Little problem after little problem, and the latest of which, of course, is, is, is ankle ligaments. So that means he's going to be out for four weeks. Apparently, the injury is already settling quite well, so it might not be four weeks. But either way, it's still going to take him another couple of weeks to get completely up to speed again. And it's it's really difficult to get going, especially in that midfield area where there's so much competition. Bolton don't really have anybody as dynamic as Kyle Dempsey. And I think against certain types of opponents that really is missed um so he will be a miss i think for, for for Wanderers if if they come across that certain type of team but um you know hopefully fingers crossed this is the last of them for him and he can go on and and push on and uh, and become the player i think he can be for Bolton
3: yeah I, hopefully so and i i it's such a shame for him because you know you look, you remember the the um game at the start of the season when he scored two mm. and he looked really sharp and you thought well he could be someone who could get us 10 goals from midfield and like you said it's just not quite worked for him and uh, I hope that he can come back and, and have that run till the end of the season and show us what he can really do because you know with players like that you just don't want it to be I don't know you don't you don't want it to be a what if you don't want it to be that he gets to a point where we've got to let him go, and you think, well, he had something, but he never quite showed showed it. Football's,
1: so. football's full of those stories as well, and you and that's that's the the strange bit of the game is that those little little kind of post notes, the little injuries, the little dips in form, or that just you were in the wrong place at that particular time. When you look back in five years' time on soccer base, none of that's none of that's there it just says baltic no. Wanderers, you know 10 games two goals oh you didn't really make much of a difference well lots of there's loads of little sub stories like that and that's that's a, it's such a, a strange short career that you've just got to make the very very best of the little time you've got
3: right next headline is about the fleetwood game which seems a million years ago now which is uh, it was only what 10 days two weeks ago um but uh, it was about the the sort of fracas or the melee or whatever you want to call it uh, on the touchline, um, Bolton had been fined four grand. I mean, you were there, you were right in front of it. Do you agree with that? I, I think it all came from a,
1: a Fleetwood um, player myself. Mm. Yeah, it was a foul by the big lad, the uh, the right winger on Beck, wasn't it? Um, mm. Whose name just escaped me now. I may edit that in later on, who knows? But th- either, <laughs> either way, either way, he got a yellow card for his troubles anyway. So... And it was like a, like a, an arm across the throat or a shove type of thing. Yeah, And, you know, you've seen them punished by more than a yellow. But obviously it happened in such close proximity to the bench that straight away there were a couple of the Fleetwood boys involved and, and then the Bolton bench jumped up and all of a sudden you have seen James Trafford flying over. And it got quite uh, spicy, but I think I said last week that the weird thing was that Ian Everett and Josh Velo were, were kind of picking around the edges in this big scrum of people and just pulling people out and just like, no, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it, go on, go away with you. And uh, it, and for for a, a you know a fracas or a melee or a, a rumpus, I don't know what the difference. Between any of those are, by the way, I, I, somebody can let me know. Maybe the football cliches podcast done something on, on that some stage, so we can we can ascertain whether it was a, a fracas or a melee. Um, yeah, I, I for one of those, it was pretty lame. There was nothing happening. Dapo was in the middle of it, smiling for Christ's sake.
3: Yeah, he was having the time of his life, wasn't he?
1: So, I mean, he had a great he had a great afternoon, all things considered, really, at Fleetwood Dapo. I'm sure he'd like to go back, but uh, yeah. it, it was uh, it was it was a bit weird. I mean, there was there was no there were no punches thrown. It was just a lot of a lot of nonsense. Four grand. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a massive fine. It's not. But but Fleetwood actually protested their innocence. or how, how on earth could you do that?
3: Yeah, they started it. That's like the uh, that's like sort of the bully at school starting it, uh, getting a slap back and crying. <laughs> Give me another headline, Henry. Uh, well, this is uh, off the back of the uh, good performance by Owen Toll against Barrow. Uh, Ian Everett has said that he is paying special attention to Ireland, so he might we might be getting a few more Owen Tolls in the future.
1: It was interesting that he listed off a good handful of players that came over in the summer that the Bolton had checked out and, and passed on. I think Mandry was one of the ones that made my ears prick up a bit. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously they people know that Owen Doyle is over there playing at the moment for St. Patrick's coming to the end of his career and also working unofficially as a, as a Bolton scout and, and making recommendations. Um, I know, Chris Markham and his his analysis staff are, are very much across that league as well, and, and we were talking to Toll the other day, and he was saying that there there were a lot of young players there, so it's it's quite a fertile ground really for for teams if you scout teams correctly, and the standard of football, you know, it's not it's not fantastic, but it it's 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 suitable, you know, it's it's, it's good enough. It, they are professional players. 're not you're not just bringing them out of complete sort of non-existence they they mm. they have a professional life there they are they used to playing in front of decent crowds and and such like they you know your toll was playing in Europe for example so it's a I think it's a really good place for for Bolton to look it's not going to cost the earth players they're not alone of course I think Preston North End did it really well up to a few years ago I think they were bringing in Irish players for for fun and they've made loads of money out of it so for me I think it's something Bolton should really do I would love to think they're doing the same thing to Scotland whether or not there's the same quality there I don't know this I wouldn't say this there's, there's this younger type of player up in Scotland but I'd like to think they've got their eyes on everywhere within reach we're not asking them to go and scout Estonia or you know Ivory Coast or something it's it right on the doorstep they should really um they should really know their onions, if you'll excuse me bringing Keith Hill into it.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's uh, also, you know, a cultural sort of mm. change. There's not really much of one. So you'd think the players should settle in quite well. And they're only an hour from home. Um, well, not Scotland. as well. I don't suppose you'd fly to Scotland, but definitely with Ireland. But, um, Derek, Clark yeah, I think-
1: Derek Clark flies <laughs> everywhere.
3: Oh yeah, well that's the Bolton FM wages they're paying. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the, uh, I, do, I do think it is somewhere where we should be utilising the, the Scotland and Ireland, the good the good leagues, um, and especially for for League One level, you can you can unearth some gems, and uh, you know most players who are over there, are, you know, and are, are at the start of their career, early twenties, are wanting to move to England anyway. So and we're we're you know we are a big fish in that pond of of teams that would be wanting them. So yeah, it's um, I'm excited to see what else we can get. Well, if we can get a striker, that would be brilliant because uh, we need someone to score. Um, um,
1: yeah, by the way, just just on that striker, I think one of the things I'm looking forward to doing in in uh, over Christmas is maybe putting together a buff shopping list. And if people have got particular striker targets or particular positions or or a list of players uh, i noticed old BWFC analysis came up with a, a little shopping list the other day which is quite an interesting one i might have a look at but if you've got any any suggestions then please do email us in because we are looking to put something together on that for christmas
3: yeah great uh, i'll uh, i'll get looking i'll get to uh, i'll get uh, on that uh, soccer base website that you mentioned before Okay. Uh and find a player that played ten ten games and scored two for Charleston Athletic four years ago. <laughs> um right, back to the players that we have got at the club. Aaron Morley uh was up for media duty recently and uh, he said he's back to his best. I would agree with him. I think he's getting that run of games and it's it's like we said with Apple Lion, isn't it? That you know, some of these players just need a run of games and they get back to to uh, where they were and Morley started the season very well dropped off and, and now he's he's back in the team
1: Yeah I I think he he said to us it had been quite frustrating at first when he came out of the team because from being a very young man I think he got into the Rochdale team at 16, 17 from being a first team regular at Rochdale from the age of 19 maybe he's he's not been out of a, a first team at all this is the first time he's ever been taken out really and so mentally, that is a hurdle to to climb over. Um, and you know, he's still a, still a young guy; he's still developing. His 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 whole game is developing, and that's the interesting thing with with Morley is that he played a certain way at Rochdale. And we were talking with Ian Ever about this, and he was talking about him being a screener. Um, obviously, play a playmaker; he's good on the ball, but he wasn't really asked to do any defensive work. He was only asked to cover space. But the way that Bolton play, they need their players to engage with the opposition and to, to press and to, to literally go and make, make a challenge and to, to try and win back possession a lot higher up and a lot faster than he would ever have been uh, doing at Rochdale. So he's kind of had to go back to school a little bit, Morley. And that must be difficult because he's been doing that during a season. He's, he's barely stopped playing um, from having come in in January. So I think he is now starting to grasp it. He's starting to, to certainly over the last couple of games, I think he's been, he's been among Bolton's better players. And you really want to see him do well as well, because he has got, going forward, there's so much to admire about his game. It's, it's Some of the, the range of passing, it's really good to watch, isn't it? Yeah,
3: it is. And um, it, I think he's a, he's a top, top player, and I think, if, especially for such a young lad, you know, he's he's someone who can really, you know, when you look at our midfield at the moment, I think, you know, a lot's been a lot is said from the fans about the strikers, but in the midfield, we I think we've got sorted and we got settled, and I think, okay, so a few people perhaps wouldn't like MJ in the in the team, but as we've said before, that type of player always gets a bit of stick, uh, you know, anyway, but I think the the other players around him, the likes of Kieran Lee, Morley, Dempsey, Sheehan, um, you know they, they, Thomason, they, they've all got good passes on them and a range of passes that really we do move the ball around midfield quite, uh, quite quickly. So uh, yeah, Morley's definitely like that and he, he's also a, the the set piece taker that we were crying out for it at the start of last season.
1: Just need somebody to get on the end of it now.
3: Yes, we do. <laughs> Colin Ireland and Ian Everett needs a sort of a Batman symbol over Ireland, <laughs> but with a Bolton badge. <laughs> um right but uh, well we all know and we've said it before bolton are really really good at late goals of course they are we've scored loads but you've been crunching some while you've had time off from actually going to watch bolton you've been crunching the numbers
1: yes yes i at five o'clock on tuesday morning was sat there with a i've still got the notes actually it shows how often i tidy this table but uh, yeah, I was sat there listing off um, what minute goals and, and what average goal minutes were for Bolton. Uh, it's 60 this season, by the way. Um, so, yeah, basically, Bolton score more late goals than anyone else, is the bottom line. More than uh, anybody across all four divisions, they are they are the kings of late goals. And certainly since Ian Everett took charge, that has been consistent. It's... It, there has always been more goals in the last quarter of an hour than at any other stage of the game. And you've with a pattern like that, you've got to assume that that is something to do with tactics. And obviously, the, we've talked before about possession football and the pluses and minuses of possession football. There, let's be honest, not everybody likes it. But actually, the the point of it, the way I see it, is that you are trying to wear down the opposition. And that in that last 15 minutes... You need to have A, the fitness, and B, the sharpness to be able to do something about the fact that your opponent's tiring and and maybe more prone to making mistakes. And I think giving some credit where credit is due, Bolton are both showing themselves to be very fit this season, and they're looking sharper than ever at that stage of the game as well. They're scoring more goals. It's something like 50% of their goals have been scored in the last 15 minutes this season, and I know they've not scored loads and I know we're only halfway through the season, but still, it, it gives you an excuse to stay. And if you are a, a fan that goes to your car to beat the traffic, you must have missed out. You, you mu- That might be where the, the negativity is coming from. These are people that are going to their car, and they're just missing all the goals.
3: Yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's each to their own. I personally, uh, not at home anyway, I, well, especially away, actually, but I... Um, yeah, I d- I don't get that. Um, you know, it's uh, yeah, I, it's especially bizarre. with this ball. Yeah, especially with this Bolton Wanderers, you uh, you've got a state of the end. Especially if it, I mean, if it's if they're winning three or four nil, then okay, I, yeah, the game's over. But like, uh, especially when it's one one or we are losing one 0 we've shown enough that we we score late goals. But again, each to their own. People will be listening to this and going, "Well, I leave because of this reason," and you've got to respect that. But uh, yeah, not for me um right moving on to the uh the next headline the final one um and this could be really interesting actually because they're going to trial it this weekend i think it's Wickham play portsmouth on sky sports yeah yeah. and uh, after the success of having um cameras in dressing in changing rooms in the world cup they're going to trial it at sky sports they're going to have uh on field audio as well i mean with Uh, you know at some of the smaller grounds we can hear what the players are saying to the referees uh, and the managers could this get a bit sticky for some?
1: It certainly could at some grounds you can also hear what the managers are saying to their players at half time as well Rotherham is one of the key ones I remember going there remember when Rotherham walloped Bolton by I think it was 4-0 yeah and uh, oh sorry the the police uh, that might well be somebody going to arrest Neil Lennon for, uh, for that performance <laughs> but um yeah I, I think the the walls are paper thin there and you could hear every single word and there is no way on earth somebody like Neil Lennon would want uh, cameras in there um showing him up for that one I think it's a silly idea I've got to be truthful um I think half time is sacrosanct I think your dressing room is sacrosanct I think you should you should just be fine if it's there's no no audio on there if you just want to you know just see a manager waving his arms and berating his players yeah fine no problem i think they do that quite a bit in rugby they don't they don't tune into the audio they just see the the kind of the looks on the players faces um i think there is something to be gained with getting audio from on the field particularly with the referees mm. i mean i would you like to I wouldn't say an explanation, but often an explanation is given to a player. You play football yourself. You ask a referee what to give that for. He'll tell you. That's no trade secret. But often between coming off the pitch and then maybe speaking to the media or whatever, that isn't necessarily translated. So it be it be interesting, I think, to to listen to the referees on the pitch.
3: Yeah, I like how you said played football yourself. As in, like, yeah, I had a great career playing uh, in the Northbury Junior League um, twenty years ago, but. Uh, no, um, yeah, it's. It, I mean, to be honest, it's the way football's going. It's becoming more of a, a TV sport, and a, this is what people are wanting. You know, the like in you I watch MLS, and in America, they actually interview the the managers as mm. they come off the pitch at half-time. So um, yeah, that's a uh, you did, know, is did they ever say anything from?
1: interesting though, Henry? I mean. Like, I always think with those pre-match interviews that they've they've sidled on Sky in the last few years they never say anything it's pointless is it, mm. is there anything added to your viewing pleasure in MLS to know that oh that you know we'll just have to get the guys together and we'll get out for the second half that surely they're not they're not elaborating too much because they've got no time to elaborate
3: yeah you're right there's there's actually they don't they never say anything even if it's a, a penalty shout they always say, well, I've not seen it, we'll have a look in the, the mm-hmm. changing room. So, uh, yeah, so it's it doesn't add anything. But, you know, I think if you, yeah, I, I think um, I think sometimes it can be a distraction. I'd like, don't get me wrong, if Bolton have got in a similar position and there's a penalty against, I'm sure Ian Everett just wants to get back to the, uh, the changing room. I, I, he doesn't want to be speaking to... Uh, Sky Sports but we'll see how it goes they might introduce stuff that becomes groundbreaking and we we then in five years can't imagine life without it but I think uh, yeah I, I don't really need to be seeing uh, you know half time team talks and, and stuff like that because I think then it, it distracts it, it's like these fly on the wall documentaries you know like mm-hmm. I know we were saying a few weeks ago that Phil Parkinson kind of forgot the cameras were there but when he remembered they were there he, he does calm down a little bit and I think that's the thing is that if you are losing you really want to get into the players but you're thinking how's this going to look on tv I think I don't think it would be great for the managers but we'll see
1: I'm not sure Parkey would ever in normal life call his lads fatty footballers but if you've if you've heard that bit (laughs) where (laughs) he's He's uh, slacking his team off at half time, calling them fatty footballers. I thought that was brilliant. Um, but we saw him, I mean, he never... In the in the Born to Be a, a Wanderer documentary, you know, he was giving them a bit, wasn't he? And, and I think that's probably par for the course. I, I would be amazed if he is calm in the dressing room on the best of days, because you watch him on the, the side of the pitch. He's quite an animated guy. And you know he does he lives the game he kicks and kicks and breathes it so i would be very surprised if that changes when he walks through a dressing room door i'm sure there are certain times where he, he, he tries to dial it down as best he can um but i i just think the last thing you want is your manager playing to the cameras is it i mean really mm. or 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 taking something off it i mean i have to say with the game they've chosen they Ainsworth and Danny Cowley—they're two guys that I think just like being in front of the camera. I think they—they're quite—they're quite comfortable with it. I can understand why they've said, "Yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll give it a whirl." I also understand that the EFL are, are, are bargaining for the new TV rights deal as well, so they're looking to to maybe say, "Well, listen, Sky, you know, we'll, we'll give you this, or we'll we'll make this one more attractive." Sky will always try and take a mile on that, and then. Because they are really under resourced as well. will will never ever produce what they, they say they're gonna do. Um I deal with the guys the guys that work at Sky all the time. And uh and and, and it's very, very difficult. They they want the world but unfortunately they can't deliver it. It's just not possible. Mm. Um and and certainly it's not possible within a club as well what they're asking for half the time. Just it's it's just genuine, isn't it? It's hard enough trying to get the manager out of like kind of game mode to come and speak before a game at times, but to, to then add on halftime. And then they're talking about pitch side interviews, like just walking up to it. Could, would you like to be a guy with a microphone in your hand, walking up to never and asking him about an offside call?
3: Uh, no, quite frankly, <laughs> I wouldn't. So you would uh, end yeah. up
1: singing soprano, pal, honestly, it'd be absolutely <laughs> madness. Madness.
3: Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree with that. It's uh... Yeah, it would be. Um, yeah, it'd be very. <laughs> I, I think uh, you'd be. You'd, he'd, he'd bite. He would bite at you and uh, snarl at you. But, um, but no, we'll wait and see. It could be groundbreaking, as I said, or it could be. Uh, yeah, it could be a fad. Do remember matches in three D? How was years ago?
1: Oh, match of three, and you used to have um, pick a player as well. You used to just be able to follow one player. About the, the one, I, the one I'd like to see them bring back, and and I think they mentioned this in in the whole spiel was. They were talking about maybe using um, a, a player from each club in the co-coms positions. Mm. So that would be quite interesting. Because I used to like Fan Zone when they used to have, yeah. have people on there. That used to be quite fun to watch at times. I know there's a quite a few people I, I still know now at Wanderers that, that used to go and do Fan Zone. It was, it was definitely worth a watch. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, if they if you want to bring that sort of thing back, that's 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 fine. But uh, no, I do not like the idea of somebody tiptoeing up to um, uh, 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 an Ian Everton and and saying uh, it'd be a bit like sometimes when if Bolton get beat particularly bad and you can see a manager, a specific, particularly particularly, and he won't mind me telling this, But if he if he comes through the door and the veins are pulsing on the head, sits down, doesn't you know? He's got that thousand mile stare. Yeah. First person who speaks at a press conference is usually the radio, and so in our case, of course, it's Jack Dearden. So Jack, the the fellow he is, sidles up, smile on his face, sits, sits, usually sits down on top of the flipping desk for some reason. I have no idea why he does that, but um, and he he'll, he'll never he'll never ask him a question. He'll just go, "Your thoughts." And that's it. <laughs> that's the extent of the question. You, all you have to do is just—it's like a tiny pinprick on a balloon, and then bang, it goes. You—you you never have to ask a question. Never, <laughs> n- never, ever ask a question, and then just like a—it's like a volley of assault. So, yes, um, be, yeah, it's not a good idea. Let's no. let's just 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 watch the game for crying out loud. Invest in better commentators. That's what you need to do.
3: Yeah, that is a that is a. Very good point, there, Mark. I think, uh, the, yeah, I mean, the guy on EFL, he's done it for years. He he's, he, he annoys me because he's like a poet, you know. Like, mm. I know, uh, Blackpool scorer QPR, and he's like, "The Tangerine
1: Dream continues." Of... You know, it's like it's oh, just, always just... the soundbite, isn't it? It's always they're yeah. looking for the soundbite that's going to get replayed. After. It just annoys the. And I like Sam Matterface and he gets a lot of stick. So yeah. I but I think as a pure commentator I think he's very good the problem being is he's when when a goal goes in he's looking for that soundbite and that seems to be the, the way at the moment and I think it comes from Tyler having created all these modern day lines that get replayed all the time you're always looking to be the next Aguero moment type thing and and like you yeah. say Blackpool QPR on a Tuesday night it's not going to get replayed again so it just feels incongruous
3: yeah, you're right there.
1: Right. Okay. We've we've put the world to rights on that, Henry. Um so now it's uh, it's time for, for a seance. Um we're gonna invoke the spirit of Barry Knight, who's he's not dead by the way, he's sixty two and true to referee's in Norfolk apparently. Yes, it's all right or Barry Knight. Um, wh- which way? Which which one are you going to pick this week? Hey, well,
3: I, t- I tell you what, you've you've hinted at what yours is, yeah. so you can do all right, and I'll do Barry Knight this week.
1: Because the thing is, I'm not sure whether mine's all right or Barry Knight. <laughs> <It'll be complete laughs> I, I
3: think it's all right, so I'll I'll push it. My vote to it being all right.
1: Right, well I'll start with an alright then, because it's a former wanderer who has uh, been lighting up the World Cup for me, and on Instagram, Daniel Sturridge, if anybody hasn't seen what I'm about to speak speak about, pause this podcast now, go to Instagram, watch Daniel Sturridge, any of these last couple of days, couple of weeks or so uh, stuff has all been about the World Cup, and he's mad, mad as a, mad as a box mm. of frogs, and um, He's he's been really active virtually every day. He's posted something, he's put his opinions on the World Cup, his opinions on whatever the group's going to be. I'm not sure whether he's in character or he's invented some sort of new comedy character or whether he's just completely lost his mind. But he's absolutely genius. (laughs) And I've just, I I did take out this clip, so just listen to this
2: Group H, baby. And I'm going to go with Portugal. (laughs) João Felix, Rafael Leal. Cristiano Ronaldo
3: Cristiano Ronaldo
1: Sui Bruno Fernandes They've just got a great squad So come on I'm going to go with Portugal The way they play The chances they create The goals they score Special squad But second is where it get tricky And gets sticky You have South Korea with Sun Uruguay with the Valverdes The Suarez The Cavanis And you've got Ghana Inaki Williams up front for me Is always a threat And I believe his pace will cause Both those other countries
2: problems So I'm going to go with the Black Stars Black Stars What you going to do What you going to do When they come for a black star a
1: black star Yay! and we've seen some pretty mad stuff um i mean you know social media wise like we've had jerry taggart selling electric cars and uh, that that chat show that david Wheater started on, uh, <laughs> on on instagram but this is like a whole new direction but what have you made of uh, of studge's new new career as a social media guru I like it. I like the personalities. I
3: mean, he he used to dance, didn't he? When he scored, so he always knew he had personality. But I love, I love it. I love the, I love the updates. I I hope he continues them into the the when the Premier League returns.
1: Uh, just anything. Just what he's had for breakfast. Anything he wants to mm. do. I'm more than happy now for him to give me an update per day. Um, right you you drag us you drag us down a bit with the Barry night then.
3: Oh uh, well, to to be honest, I was struggling this week, and um, just because we've not really played and. You know, I saw something on social media on Wednesday and it, it, my heart went out to these guys. I felt so sorry for them. I mean, to be fair, we should have checked this before uh, they, made, they said they were coming. But then uh, Bolton, Latin American guys on, on social media, the guys from Argentina that will watch every single game at first thing in the morning, I've booked to come over to Bolton to watch a game. The weekend where we play Plymouth and the match has now been moved... To January because it's international weekend, oh, yeah. and I thought you know sod's law obviously that that happened they I mean, should have checked first, he should have gone well, that game could get cancelled, but uh yeah they've, they've booked the trip they've announced they're coming, and uh yeah it's um it's it's not going to be the the case, but maybe they can come visit
1: the stadium and i don't know go watch Charlie or something instead well, if I'm not mistaken. The 2023 Papa John's Trophy Final is on Sunday the 19th of March. Right. Which I, I, I'm i struggling to remember the exact dates, but it, it, I feel like that falls in to the dates where they're over. So, I mean, for me, this becomes a, a mission now for Bol- Bolton Wanderers. I know everybody wanted a day out at Wembley. And yes, they're mm-hmm. not going to get to see the, a game at the Uni Bowl. I think that's what they were after, wasn't it? But I think seeing Bolton at Wembley is is incredibly fortuitous given the, given the circumstances. If you're just going to randomly pick a a week and hope that Bolton were going to be at home anyway, um, especially because it was going to be international break, regardless. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But um. Yeah. I mean, look, if Bolton gets to Wembley, I mean, how often would they have been able to say they'd seen Bolton at Wembley if if they're back over? So, Wanderers, there's your challenge. Make make their trip worth it, I suppose.
3: Yeah, uh, well, this is the thing now is that um, you know these guys, uh, uh, yeah, are. Um, I, I mean, it, it will be it would be lovely if they can do, and I mean, because I mean, none of us have been to Wembley to watch Bolton in over ten years, and we we need to lay the Stoke ghost to rest. But uh, but we're in a good position to do it. We're in a very good position. So uh, you know, I know there'll be no one wants to tempt fate. I know if we still uh, towards the where we, the playoffs at, at this time in March. Um, Every week people will be booking hotels in London but um the playoff final but no it's uh yeah it's it would just be United and we're in the last day further than we got
1: last year. You never know. You never know. Right, let's have a bit of email to see this show out. Is that Philip Moraish? Emails actually. And last week I did ask people to step it up with the emails and you delivered um well i mean film race delivered of course but you've uh, got absolutely got loads got loads of loads keep them coming because uh, again we we will try and uh, stack these up and, and see if we can get an email special done for christmas as well um do you want an email about pre-match music henry
3: yes i think we you know we we've been discussing this haven't we we need to we need to get a definitive answer to what is the the best music to play at Bolton
1: <laughs> have you just dropped something on the floor there that was a bit weird <laughs> <laughs> I dropped a pen yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's alright then um, <laughs> as, long as, <laughs> as long as your laptop isn't falling apart in, 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 <laughs> but, um, right okay well this one's from George uh, dear Mark and Henry been listening to the buff since the early days and the one topic you never seem short of an opinion on is pre-match music I heard Henry say he would like to see 633 squadron playing the players out and Amarillo brought back as well and it made me think of another long-lost classic at the Bolton Wanderers. When I was a lad at Burnden, and the song will tell you that was a long time ago, My World is a Football used to be the tune that played at kick-off every week. I've heard them play it from time to time at the New Ground, and I think the Buff should campaign to bring it back. Before I do that, then, there'll be a lot of people out there that have never, ever heard uh, My World is a Football. So I'm going to give it a little listen.
2: My world is a football that goes round and
1: round forever and ever, wherever football's found. Henry, as a relatively young man, what do you make of my world is a football? <laughs> um I guess for for fans of a certain
3: era, then maybe that will be uh, something something that like. Personally, I I wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't like to hear that um I, i'd have i'd give give me six free free squadron any day
1: i think there are a lot of teams that play music like uh my world's football I, i'm i sure it has been on rotation at the new stadium i know phil hayes appreciates his bolton history and um, you know he picks out little bits of that and, and paul Holiday, when he was involved as well used to do that sort of thing um mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure it has I'm sure it has been played, and I think there's a room for it somewhere on that big long playlist uh somebody was complaining that they played James tomorrow a bit too much earlier. I mean you can't win for do right for doing wrong, really can you but no. um no you know my you mo- you know what I say is that you should be able to close your eyes and know which ground you're at, and i suppose i oh I very much doubt there would be any other ground in the whole country that would be playing uh, my world is a football, so yeah go for it let's do it let's let's back to buy the buff um we now command that that gets played more often at bolton okay uh email number two hi mark and henry great to meet you at the fleetwood game mark last week i was a photographer who bumped into you in the tunnel and as i said i never miss an episode Hello, I'm glad I, I'm glad I know who it was. <laughs> um, this week we've heard about every uh, sorry. This week we've heard about Ian Evert bringing in a more attacking options in January. I genuinely think we have a player that's more than good enough already at the club. Kieran Sadlier. He's proved he's a cool finisher. He can hold the ball up, play down the middle or either flank. He knows when to draw a foul and just seems like an all-round sensible option. Every time he comes on, he plays well. And before we go splashing the cash, I actually think we should give the lad a chance. Uh, When he came on last week, we looked a different side. Dangerous moving forward, and it's only a matter of time until we score. I was sat by the Fleetwood fans working, and even they were saying both Sads and Sheehan had changed the game for us. Obviously, Evert is the boss, and he knows best, but surely it can't hurt to give the lad a chance up top. Great work, as always, from Craig. Sadlia is really... I he is really the one that it can go either way in January for me because I I'd love to see him stay but if Bolton are going to look to add another striker it's just another person in front of him isn't it it's, it's such a difficult situation for him
3: it is yeah cuz I get the feeling that he he just wants to play like he said earlier in the season oh, I'll play up front you know he's he's just yeah he, he seems to me like you know he's he's Last year, he got his spell at wing-back uh, when Fossey was injured and then he's played in midfield and back to wing-back and he's played up front. He's like, I just want to play anywhere, uh, which is a good uh, character trait to have, I guess, mm. for a footballer. But, like, yeah, it is... It's... it's I don't know with sadly, I mentioned before about players sort of having a run of games and you... Because I, I'm sure Ian Everett would argue that sadly, have played against Barnsley and didn't really play that well. But then he... I suppose he would say, well... And give me a run of games, and I'll I'll do a lot better. So it'd be I, I personally would. I don't know where I would fit him in. Would I put him up front? Probably not. I would, maybe. I don't know. Maybe have him at wing back, and then, oh, him that. Listen, you're going to be starting a sub most games, but I will definitely bring you on as wing back so you can make a difference. I d- I don't know what Ian Evitts saying to him in the in the training ground, but yeah, if he, he doesn't start playing soon then he is definitely one where you think, well, he's he's gonna get bored and, and move on because if you know, these I'm sure these players' agents are making video montages of the best bits and to be fair to Sadlier, of what we've seen this season with his goals and the contribution against Fleetwood, he's got some good best bits in, in yeah. isolation.
1: No, you don't have to be Marcus Harrison, the video extraordinaire, to be able to uh, make a decent collage from Kieran Sadley's best bits. I think he's had some really good games for Bolton. And I actually think he played all right against Barnsley. It was just the system itself didn't, didn't work. The midfield felt a little bit non-existent behind him. But I think that's the problem. And, you know, it's the same with Morley, as we were talking about earlier. It seems to be... That even with the attacking players, there has to be the defensive side of things, and and that is what has to be nailed down with everybody. Is that however good you are attack wise, the, the, Ian Everett just doesn't seem to to want to to know unless there is something else. You know, unless there is the Dion Charles can go through as much of a dry spell as I think he he, he wants. The fact is, he's still doing the other side of things. Mm. Um, so he can have that little bit more leeway, I think, from from an attacking point of view. Um, you know, this the the idea of the team being greater than the individual, I think, is what I'm trying to get at. And with certain players who haven't quite got that defensive side of the game, I think he's got the kind of kind of been brought on in the the right situations or or used sparingly. And I think it's so frustrating. It must be frustrating for Kieran, sadly, because he he does seem to have an impact every time he plays. But, um, maybe just, uh, maybe again, like we said before, sometimes it's just the right place at the right time, really. Um, so next email from Harry, who's raised, I mean, he actually has raised a couple of points. It's a big email. Um, so stay tuned, Harry. I might bring you back soon. Um, for another episode but uh, I've watched a couple of B team games this season he says down at the training ground and a few years ago I used to hop in the car and drive a couple of junctions up the motorway to watch the reserves at Lancashire FA in Leyland the stadium was always welcoming there was always a good cup of tea and a program and it felt like a suitable occasion to watch the young Bolton players and occasionally a first teamer coming back from injury tried to impress the watching first team manager I've noticed that Ian Everett was there to watch the B team along with his coaching staff which is certainly a good thing but I wonder if he thinks it would be worth moving the games to the main stadium. He says, young men need to learn to play under pressure. We saw it with the youth team recently with a disappointing performance in defeat against Accrington Stanley in the FA youth cup. That sometimes the occasion can get the better of you. It would also be a fitting reward for season ticket holders to get free entry as it used to be at Leyland a few years ago. Um, so I, I think we probably have talked about this before now in, in that, when the B team first cropped up where they were going to play it has largely been the training ground um, which feels a little bit remote and it feels a li- uh, you know it doesn't feel quite as grandiose as, as Leyland used to do although I suppose it's a bit easier to get to for a lot of people as well
3: um, mm. would
1: you like to see them, would you go and see them at the stadium Um,
3: I don't know because they tend to be in the middle of the day don't they so I, I don't know but I think I think, to be honest, the with a B team, and maybe this comes from the fact that they don't want the uh, uh, the training ground swamped. I think they do need to uh, kind of tell people of give people more, um, you know, tell people more when the matches yeah. are. Yeah, I totally. Agree. And it may, maybe if they played at the stadium, that would be easier to do. But I, there's times where, you know, I. You just see it on social media about two hours before going, uh, oh, we're playing, um, I don't know, we're playing Accrington B today. Mm. And you think, well, if you do give people a bit more notice, maybe they could have had a bit of a crowd. But um, it's an interesting take. I don't know whether the groundsmen would be too happy with uh, having an extra game on each week. But um, no, it's, it's an interesting theory, especially with that, the disappointment of a youth team uh in the youth cup maybe yeah they they should be every every now and again even if it's just two or three matches a season having these guys play at the stadium to get used to it but but then you could argue well you know with a, a small crowd what's the point are they gonna you know i know he said there i I, I agree with him about you know you, you're playing on a bigger pitch and you're getting in the changing room and it's become it becomes more of an event but then if you're coming out into an empty stadium is it is it going to do you? So, uh, is he going to do you well when you then break into the first team? And there's eighteen thousand now. It's it's not really the same, is it?
1: No, no, I, I agree. I agree. It's it, it's a difficult one. I think the B-team's done pretty well. I think the way that they've worked it, I do agree a little bit more with the publicising of the uh, the fixtures. It's difficult when they're organising friendlies and they're interspersed between the, the Central League things, but maybe that's something as a newspaper we can help out with as well, really, that, to make it a bit easier. Um, I shall have a word with Dan, and actually, I'm just going to blame Dan. Let's just blame Dan. Um, so it's Dan's fault, and we will have a word with him later on. Uh, last email. I think this one's my favourite. In fact, I think this could be my favourite email I've had for a long, long time. Uh, so it's from Gary, who found a video that we might be interested in. Um, and here's just before I'll, I'll play a clip. But here's just what he had to say: he "Said browsing the Bolt Wanderers forums the other day, I came across a video of a special football league liner train that they used to run in the 1970s. Apparently." Bolton fans once used it to get to a Bournemouth thrown away game. Um, now, I think we might be able to listen to a bit of that video.
0: Burnley fans board the first Football League Super League Liner. First-class travel, say Burnley directors, for first-class supporters. But football hopes it's a new answer to the football hooligan problem, providing less destructive ways of letting off that excess steam. Music lovers as a choice of light, classical or pop. Gaming and games rooms. And Nosh served by volunteer waiters. Bobby Driver, supporter for 52 years, still stands by Lancashire tripe as well as Burnley football team. For the teeny boppers, a discotheque with coloured lights, disc jockeys and a noise guaranteed to beat any train stone deaf. Walking down the street. Walking down the street. For the real football addicts, there's football on colour television. Burnley lost to Queen's Park Rangers, but it was a win for the league liner.
1: Henry, you've listened to the whole thing. A disco train. Now, does that seem completely bananas to you?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It does, yeah. I mean, I've been seeing some of the videos that uh, get posted when um when we're on away games that are uh like i don't know mk dons for example where you can get to it on a train yeah i uh i you know some of those trains do end up being disco trains but um no i've, <laughs> I've seen the video and it's it looks interesting I, I don't know yeah it'd be uh i don't know whether they would bring it back i'm sure bolton fans would love it and and um and it will go down very well. So yeah, maybe, maybe that's something the, the club could do. Put on a disco train for if <laughs> Bristol Rovers away on the last game. If we're, um, you know, if, if we're getting promoted, put a disco train on. Can you hire trains? I don't.
1: Does that does that work?
3: Hey, Sharon Britton can do anything.
1: Well, she could do anything, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I, I just can you imagine though, just being on a train full of football fans eating tripe. <laughs> like that, and, and then try to dance around your handbag and that. Like, I mean, good like, oh God, it'd be absolute not I can't even walk down the middle aisle, like to go to the loo without bouncing off people. Or, or you know, when the when the Wanderers fans are on there as well, and, and we get on like from Euston a lot of the time when there's a London game. And oh my word, it's carnage, absolute carnage. <laughs> Can you see them settling down for play Ludo or something? I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it at all.
3: No, I can't.
1: Uh, but apparently, according to I, I was I was reading because I got interested in this on this clip, and apparently the players used to jump on as well. It was quite an expensive ticket. It wasn't like your, your old special trains because used to run special trains to games, and and they'd be relatively cheap tickets. But this was like a, an upgrade, if you will. So yeah. the the disco train or the liner train. Um, apparently, if the players had, had won a game, they'd come back and and would be dancing away with the with the fans again don't really see it happening in this day and age particularly um but uh, i mean but would you, would you would you do that would you having having beaten um let's say let's say beat gillingham 3-0 away uh, get get bo- aboard the disco train and uh, be doing the, the the shuffle with uh with that waffle iron
3: <laughs> i definitely would uh, i think my my feet would be aching you know when we get home because it's that <laughs> far away to gillingham but yeah i think but um Yeah, I you know, that'd be great. I mean, so don't get me wrong, I think you know, i thinking some of the plays maybe Kachunga, I don't think it'd be wise that he uh got on the disco train. Um but yeah, for like Af and uh Bob Varson,
1: yeah, it'd be great. I don't uh, do you reckon Bob Varson would be up for the old disco dancing? I reckon he's he's more of a, a sit quietly and, and read a bit of poetry in, in one of the quiet carriages.
3: Yeah, no, he's uh yeah, I think he, he would too. He'd say hi. He's very sociable. He would oh, He'd yeah. say hi. Post himself himself. But then, yeah, retire quietly to, to the... uh was it? Coach A, the quiet <laughs> Coach one.
1: Coach A, yeah. Yeah and, yeah, and you'd be like... Traff Traff the, the, the journey's finished mate They won't, they won't get us out And he'd, he'd still be doing Doing the old Saturday night fever In the middle of the dance floor the, With the glitter ball <laughs> Yeah He <laughs> couldn't get him out of there Yeah <laughs> um, Right yeah More more emails of that ilk please I absolutely love that email um, and, and And definitely Any excuse to uh, Watch that video again um, Would be Would be fantastic But before We go Let's have A prediction Pass us crystal ball What's happening Next week Prediction because we've got some football to talk about this week it's joey barton's bristol rovers in town on friday night and well if you're listening to this and it's already happened if you listen to this on saturday or sunday morning for example like lots of you do then um please tell us whether we're right or wrong uh what is your prediction henry
3: <laughs> yeah email us if uh, i mean I, i'm pretty sure we'd know anyway but email us um I think it's it's going to be a tough one because um, you know Bristol Rovers had a poor result, didn't they, against the mm-hmm. other BWFC last weekend? But um, but Ooh, no, I, oh, think... I haven't
1: I haven't I haven't realised that, Henry. I'm going to put that in one of my stories. I'm, it's still I've still got time. No. <laughs> uh, so yeah,
3: when when you when people read that, you'll now know where it's come from. <laughs> um, I I'm confident. I think we'll win. I think we'll win. I, I think we'll finally get our comfortable victory. I think it'll be two 0 Um, they'll be licking the wounds a little bit and uh, no I I think we'll be we'll be fine 2-0 1-0 in the first half and then get a second in the second half but they are they're a decent team Bristol Rovers they beat uh, Peter didn't they the last time Mm. uh, in the league so uh, yeah they they are good but hopefully we'll
1: be better what about you? I think Bristol Rovers have got goals in them I think they have got some decent attacking players and I, I think they're going to be out to prove a point as well Um, You know, we were talking about my window cleaner earlier, Henry. Mm. My window cleaner has just waved at me whilst I'm uh, doing this podcast. He's just turned up. Um, It just scared the living jeez, I thought it was the Mm. ghost of Barry Knight, literally. (laughs) (laughs) The ghost of the not-dead Barry Knight coming to haunt me for belittling him on this podcast on a weekly basis. Um, Where was I? Where was I? Yes, I think there will be goals in this game. And... uh, I just feel like it's going to be another late, late show. I'm not going to write any words at all until the 75th minute, and then I'm going to start my match report. I'll put it that way. I think it'll be 2 1 Bolton, 1 1 right up until the end, and then the winner comes from uh, Kieran Lee. Ah,
3: nice. The, uh, Kieran Lee uh, ghosting in. Uh, like the don't, ghost don't, of very No more Knight.
1: ghosts. No more ghosts in it. No, no. <laughs> I don't need any more of that. We've gone past Halloween. We've done our Halloween episode. Um, this, this window. I hope this window clean doesn't want paid it. Paying? I ain't got money. I ain't got any money on me. Um, anyway, right. Uh, I don't think there's there's any better song uh, to play us out this week than um, than a bit of uh, a bit of my world is a football. There's no midweek game next week, is there, Henry?
3: There's not no Shrewsbury away. Uh, it's another away sellout for Bolton. So fair play if you go into that um, the week after.
1: Yeah, and uh, so another another long gap between games. It seems to be the course, and we'll just be able to fill it with World Cup football. And hopefully, by the time we get back on the buff next week, we'll be celebrating England in the quarterfinals, and well, all all the other stuff that comes with it. All the other the mad ridiculous overreaction i walked past the newspaper stand and looked at the nationals uh before in, in asda and i just thought oh my god they're going over the top here they've got a chesney hawks is trying to claim that he's going to sing england all the way to the final now it's gone mad the world has gone mad
3: hey, every four years it goes mad and uh, i we secretly love it
1: yeah it's a good job it's a good job to get over dramatic at Bolton Wanderers, isn't it
3: yeah the calmest club in the world Uh, we'll be back next week after a 1-0 defeat we're still in the
1: playoffs but we're going down somehow (laughs) right until that point in time I've been uh, ever out ever in Mark Isles
3: and I've been uh, Megson out Friedman out Coyle out Hewitt and this has
1: been the buff the buff out
2: my world is a football that goes round and round Forever and ever, wherever football's found My world is a football that goes round and round Forever and ever, wherever football's found The grass grows greener, it's sunny weather When football people all sing together It's not the winning, it's not the losing The game's beginning, the spirit's moving change